0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, I feel like if I had to cover a third of the field by myself on a third and 21 against Rashad Penny, I would give up the touchdown to you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I probably would too. Uh, there's uh, there's uh, not a lot to say about – well, there is a lot to say about that play and, and other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough night. It was the night that I think uh, I feared. I, you know, I don't I don't know um, what you thought as the game got closer. We both picked ASU to win, and I texted you a couple days ago and said I wasn't feeling very good about it, and and I ended up getting the result that I feared.
0: I you know I was trying to stay optimistic about the game and about the season for mm-hmm. as long as I could, but the way the team failed in all facets has sort of put a damper on my feelings about the season. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it, the uh, let's just I think the place to start obviously is with the game Rashad Penny had. Uh, yeah. he had 18 carries for 216 yards. So even if you take out the 95-yard touchdown run on <laughs> third and, on third and 6. Uh, He Uh still had over 100 yards rushing on 17 carries. He also had uh, four catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. And if that wasn't enough, he also ran back a kick. The only chance he had to return a kick, he took it back 99 yards for a third touchdown. And for me, there are two things that bother me about the kick return itself. One is the horrible momentum swing. ASU just punches it in. We tie the game back up. Things look like it's gonna be okay uh, on the at the end of the first quarter. And then Brian Ruiz does not kick the ball through the end zone. I don't know if that was because he was told not to, or if he just didn't get all of it this time. But the announcers, who I if we get into how I feel about the Pac 12 network coverage of this game, I think I might lose my mind. But the announcers were laughing afterwards about how. Penny just doesn't get the chance to return kicks anymore in the Mountain West because every team kicks away from them. And I texted you, it's like, isn't that something we should have known?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you would think so. Um, You know, it, um, yeah, I mean, that one was a head scratcher and you're 100% right um, about, you know, the momentum swing. I mean, essentially what it did, and I thought about this, you know, you don't necessarily realize it as the game goes along, but we trailed pretty much that entire game. I mean, they they scored on I believe their second drive. We come down and tie the game. Immediately, they go back ahead, and we were never back even. Um, so there was no fluke about that game. I mean, they they were the better team, and they deserved the win, and they they got the win they deserved.
0: Yeah, they certainly made ASU look silly. Um on defense but you know i i I don't want to lose focus here i want we should talk about each facet of the game independently because there's plenty to discuss in each um Mm -hmm. i guess let's start with the most basic which is special teams um michael sleep dalton if i heard it once i heard it a, a half a dozen times last night that He's a right-footed kicker who has the ability right. to kick with his left foot, but because his right le- he has some sort of nondescript right-leg injury, he was going to kick left-footed all game. Right, And, right. you know, he ha- his first punt was good, uh, you know, and got the roll down to the five-yard line, or to the one-yard line, excuse me, with Crump mm. downing it. But then the defense had the laps to allow the 95-yard touchdown. And then after that, yeah. it was a series of, Poor special teams plays. Obviously, the biggest yeah. was Penny's return, but I think not not out of the running for the worst play was at the end of the first half, ASU mismanaged the clock down by their own end zone and then took a delay of game, which there were multiple, on punts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and then Sleep Dalton shanked a punt 12 yards to basically hand San Diego State three extra points to end the half.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you... You, uh, you said it during the game, and, and I hadn't thought of it at that point, but, you know, 10 points of the 30 allowed were basically not on the defense. I mean, a 7 on a kick return, and 3, went, you know, they forced a 3-and-out there after that shanked punt. I mean, I think San Diego State took over at the 18. Um, they get them off the 3-and-out, but it's 3 points because, you know, you start inside the 20, you should get 3 points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, and we'll talk about the defense, it wasn't a great night defensively, but – you know, you look at those 10 points, and what was the final margin of victory? Ten. So that's significant. You know, I mean, you hear it all the time. You hear cliche, you know, special teams is just as important. Well, we we felt it, and, and you know, you and I talked leading up to the season several times about how our special teams had been pretty reliable the last couple of years with, you know, veteran, kicker, and punter, um, and that, you know, you feel that loss only when you – when something happens to make you feel it, you don't think about it a lot. It's not like losing a starting quarterback or a starting pass rusher. Um, But then, you know, last night was a perfect example of why you feel that loss, because maybe we don't have the kicker to blast the ball through the end zone every time. And maybe we don't have the consistency at punter. We certainly didn't last night. And, you know, it's two plays, but unfortunately that's the thing with special teams. You don't get that many opportunities. It's not like being a quarterback where you get, you know, 40 throws and if you have a couple bad ones, okay, you know, make your other ones good. Special teams, you only get a few. And when you have two critical mistakes, that costs you games.
0: I mean, Sleep Dalton wound up with five punts, averaged 36 yards a punt, but one of those was 12 yeah. the other, and one of those was 53. So it's it's almost <coughs> right. impossible to judge him on a consistency basis, which I think yeah. is ultimately the indictment of him. There was no consistency. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, we're – we're getting two new guys, and, and um, you know, but you, you said it leading up to that point, and I don't want to gloss over that. We should have never had to punt the ball. I'm not sure what we were doing there. Like, just get into the half. We started inside our own 10, I believe, on that drive. I mean, that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we'll talk about our offense, too. But has our offense shown you that they can go 90 yards in a short amount of time or any amount of time? Because I haven't seen that. Uh, and so, um, I don't know what we were doing there and that that sets up the special teams failure. So as you said, it's kind of a, an overall, uh, thing because, you know, you just, you had, you had notable shortcomings in all three phases. Certainly special teams had the two big ones. And like I said, you know, 10 points ends up being the margin of victory that they pretty much allowed on their own. Um, But it was, you know, it's a team effort. And and offense and defense didn't contribute their parts either.
0: Well, let's talk about that drive for ASU. So ASU gets the ball first and ten at their own six-yard line down by three. And there are, I believe, 43 seconds left in the half. Okay? Mm -hmm. First play, or I'm sorry, there's 113 left in the half. First play, Nick Ralston run for five yards. Then Manny on second and five throws an incomplete pass. What are why why?
1: I, yeah, I don't know. I mean that that is the one that you know that makes you then have to punt the ball, um, and it and it does not make sense. I mean I'm 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 trying to remember, and I don't know if you remember what the San Diego State timeout situation was. I know they had at least one because they took one on offense. You know when they got the ball back, um, but they use their timeouts. You know I mean it's one of those things where. You you got to understand the situation of the game, and I'm I'm looking at the drive here too. Um, you yeah, know, it's so, it, okay I we, mean
0: by by throwing the incompletion on second and five. Yeah. Now you're facing yeah. third and five with a stopped clock, which almost forces your hand to throw again because you need right. to now pick up the first down, or you risk giving right. them the ball back in good field position with timeout. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah,
0: I, you know, and then you know another incompletion from Manny. That, mm-hmm. You take a delay of game on a punt, and it'd be crazy to take one of those in a game, but they did it two drives earlier. They took a right. delay of game on fourth and four to make it fourth and nine, and right. then uh, Sleep Dalton's punt went 29 yards and it he- yeah. landed out of bounds. Which, which,
1: which you know, yeah, neither of those were situations where you're trying to draw a team offside or you know trying to get yourself five extra yards. I mean, those were... Not excusable delay a game penalties by any means.
0: No, well, and especially given the spot on the field.
1: Yeah, on, on certainly this one, not at your own eleven. Like, yeah, you don't take one to drip back up to your own six. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and then of course a twelve yard shank that hit somewhere between his, yeah. his left ankle and shin and went straight yeah. out of bounds. Um,
1: it's amazing it went twelve yards. Uh, I mean, seeing it, I was I was at the end of the stadium, and I, it, to me, it looked like it went directly sideways.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then. San Diego State, our defense does great. First down, incomplete pass. Second down, one yard pickup. Third down, completion for eight yards. Kept them short, but kept them short. It doesn't matter because they're already in field goal range. Three
1: points. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, again, it is. It is a a failure on multiple accounts there. The defense, not in that one. Uh, They did their job. You know, you get put in bad field position, you try to hold to a field goal, and we did. Um, you know, which kept us within six and, you know, you and I texted at halftime that I didn't feel like we had played well at all and we were within a score, you know, and that, so, you know, you're one play away and you know, not to jump out of where we're talking now, but we had that play, we had a deep ball way through the third quarter that should have put us ahead by one, it gets dropped two plays later, a bad fourth down pass when we go for it on fourth down. And they end up taking that ensuing possession, going down and scoring. And that, you know, that, again, is a turning point in the game.
0: Well, let's talk about the offense. So coming out of the half, ASU gets the ball first. And Manny gets sacked immediately Mm -hmm. on the first play. Mm -hmm. Then he hits Darby. But, you know, after that, we're basically reliant on penalties to keep the drive alive. Right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know how many offside penalties San Diego State had on defense, but it felt like at least five, maybe more, um, you know, and and uh, one of them led to, you know, the the touchdown there at the end when we got within 10 because, um, you know, they had us off the field there on third and 42. Um, but, you know, then we get another play and we get a good break on a call that gets us a touchdown. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that did not um, – did not go well coming out of the half. Then we get the, you know, we punt the ball, and it looks like for a moment they fumble, and, and you know, we return the fumble for a touchdown, but good call. I mean, he was down. They made the right call there. And then, like I said, the ensuing possession was was really, I believe, the turning point of the game because we should have taken a one-point lead, um, you know, if that ball is caught. And, and I wasn't very impressed by Manny, but that was a good throw. Humphrey drops the ball, and like I said, then, you know, we turn over on downs, they go down and score, and all of a sudden, uh, what should have been the lead is now a 13-point deficit, an offense that just isn't very potent, and and that may be the biggest disappointment for me about what I've seen so far this year.
0: Well, so let me walk you through, first of all, just to clean up a point you made, they wound up committing, San Diego State committed 12 penalties for 95 yards to used 5 okay. for 50.
1: But, yeah, yeah, I mean... They had a number, and I would have to go back through and count, but I would bet at least six of those were just defensive offsides.
0: Yeah, but they managed to, despite all of those offsides, not give up really anything on shot plays. There was one play where Manny took a chance down the field, um, but otherwise, they they had five sacks. They got pressure yeah. all night. Manny, you know, Manny was it, similar to last week. The the numbers look okay. You know, when you just 100%. look at it, he's he's twenty yeah. for he's 20 for thirty-three, two hundred and ninety eight yards, two touchdowns, yeah. no picks. He got he had no a picks. fumble on the sack. Right. Um
1: Right, which was a significant fumble, gave them the ball. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I agree. I mean I got home and I looked at the numbers and, and I see, you know, once again he had a night that by the numbers, if you didn't watch the game you'd say, Well, he played well enough to win. Well I I would disagree. That was not the case.
0: Well, so let's let's talk about the passing game first. Manny, 20 of 33, as I just said, for 298. Frank Darby, three catches for 111 yards. Kyle Williams, four for 71. In the second half, they finally got Nikhil Harry involved. He got five mm-hmm. catches for 49 yards on the touchdown. But the, he's a guy where if it is third and seven, I don't understand mm-hmm. why we're not running a turnaround at the sticks, throw it to Nikhil yeah. Harry.
1: Um, yeah, one of the things I thought last night, and I don't want to interrupt you, but but I'll, I'll say this, and then you can carry on. I don't understand the way we're using Nikhil Harry so far this year is not effective. It seems like all we can do to get him the ball is either a quick little bubble screen or a you know five yard hitch. I'm not seeing anything to push the ball to him. Uh, I mean, for a guy who I thought was a big time talent, and I still do. I'm not impressed by the way we're trying to get him involved or not get him involved.
0: It feels like we're misusing him. I mean, they tried yesterday uh, on that end around to right. set up the pass, but you know, the the one thing that I will say about Nikhil Harry as a true sophomore, his football IQ is high. There was nothing there yeah. and he just tucked it and turned up field.
1: You know, yeah. the offensive Agreed. line Agreed. gave
0: him no time and he nothing. wound up losing yeah. two yards, but that he took yeah. what could have been a loss of ten or a, a potential turnover on a bad forced throw, and at least right. made it a small net negative instead of a huge loss.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I just uh, and and you you said it in there, and maybe that explains part of it. The offensive line has been a gigantic letdown um, for for you know, and and we'll talk rushing game too. Um, it just hasn't been very good. And I, I didn't expect it to be, you know, the best group in the country or anything like that. Um, but I certainly thought it would be better. And it's not um, We're giving up pass rush. We're not getting time to take the shots down the field when, you know, we took a couple. Um, but we're not getting the consistent time. And certainly the run production has been uh, almost non-existent last night was. Awful. 44 rushing yards. I mean, you know, you're not going to win many games when you do that unless you throw for 500, which we didn't.
0: Yeah, the running game was abysmal, but let's go back to Manny, and I think it dovetails with the problems that the offensive line is having. He is Uh, not special, or at least is not appearing to be special in these games. And there is obviously a part of me as a fan that's like, well, Blake Barnett was the number one high school recruit three years mm-hmm. ago. Why don't we put Blake Barnett in and see what he can do? Mm-hmm. Except I'm worried that maybe Graham knows that he'll get killed, that he well, is not as mobile as Manny, and that if he stands yeah. back there, he's just going to get ripped apart.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I'm sure we'll talk more about Todd Graham as this conversation goes along, and I. I joked with you last night that, you know, it seems like Todd Graham is almost trying to get fired. But I don't I mean, ultimately, you'd have to think Todd Graham knows the pressure that's on him this year. He brought in Blake Barnett. He brought him in knowing Manny was still part of the program. So it's not like he had Blake Barnett forced upon him and he's got some undying loyalty to Manny Wilkins. And we've seen that before where, you know, I think we saw it with Dennis Erickson and Stephen three. Uh, the opposite. Dennis Erickson went and brought in Steven three, and I believe, will always believe, he promised him that starting job. And so he stuck by that until he just couldn't stick by it anymore. Um, that's not the case here. So I'm, I'm led to believe that Blake Barnett just hasn't done anything to acquit himself of being worthy of the job, which is my fear. I told you before the season that I hoped what we would see is that Manny just looks so good, so in control, the team rallies around him that it's just impossible to, to think anybody else should have the job. Well, it's going the opposite way. Manny looks to be the same average quarterback that he was last year for most of the year, and so it makes me think Blake Barnett just isn't anything special either. Now, would I like to see him get a chance? Maybe, just to find out. Um, but, you know, coaches see him a whole lot more than we have and they're obviously not seeing anything in him that makes them think he's worthy of the job right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things to me where Manny didn't do anything dramatically bad that hurt the no. team. Now he no. he overthrew some wide open guys downfield, but he also did hit Humphrey in the hands and had Humphrey he drop
1: it. So We did, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like is is he the, you know, Fans tend to do this, you know, the team struggles and you blame the quarterback. I just, uh, you know, I've seen it the last week with Texas. Texas gives up 51 points at home and somehow, you know, Shane Bouchelle is the thing that needs to be pushed aside. Like, does it make sense? So I'm not going to do that. He's not the only reason we're struggling. He's not even the biggest reason we're struggling, but he's a reason. He's just, you know, again, that fourth down throw, I point to that. And yes, he made the throw two plays before. There should have been a touchdown. But fourth and seven, we go for it, and Nikhil Harry was open. You can put the ball on him, and he threw it way over his head. Gives you no chance for success. Uh, and, and, you know, it's only one throw, but it's a significant throw that, a, a you know, a big-time quarterback makes, and he didn't make it.
0: Well, it's one of those things that I, – I, I'll never know this, but we put such an emphasis on ball security from the quarterback position That it it almost is like we've instilled a Rudy Carpenter esque attitude into all of our quarterbacks, which is, I can't turn the ball over, I cannot put the ball in jeopardy. Uh, And when you have a guy like Nikhil Harry, like set aside everybody else, and I know there are you know advanced metrics that say Kalen Balaj is a great pass catcher, and there are you know a lot of talented receivers. We saw Darby make some nice catches yesterday. If you have Nikhil Harry, you put the ball in jeopardy because you trust yeah. that he is big enough and talented enough to box people out and yeah. pull it down.
1: And I agree. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, and you you make a good point. And I, in watching several games last night, and you and I were kind of talking through those games, um, it, it struck me between watching ASU, between watching Auburn, and between watching USC, and, and seeing one team that had a quarterback who is very confident, and very in rhythm knows his offense knows what he is and he threw a couple interceptions that were chances and and you know you're gonna do that and it's a very 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 thin line you don't want a guy who's gonna throw the ball up for grabs all the time and you know turn it over five times but he also made a couple of incredible throws by taking chances and and you have to be willing to do that and You know, Sam, I mean, Sam Darnold is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Maybe this is an unfair comparison, but you watch him and he just looks like a quarterback who is in rhythm. He's comfortable. He trusts himself. He trusts his receivers and he's going to make a mistake here or there, but he's also going to throw four touchdowns and, and win games because of that and watching Manny wins. And I think you're right. Maybe it's a systemic thing that we've almost scared these guys into taking chances we've, we've taken away their balls basically. And, and, you know, so then it becomes a situation where, well, can you win a game with a game manager? You can, if you've got the team around him to do that, the running game and the defense, and we don't have either one of those. It doesn't appear.
0: It's one of those things to me where you have to know the situation. If it's, deep in your own territory and you throw a 50-50 ball on a hitch sure. on the outside where the guy could walk it in the end zone if he picks it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't do that. But when it's third and seven and you're at your own 45, go go ahead and throw the 50-50 exactly. ball and see exactly. what happens. I mean,
1: every, every play, every point of the game is different. I mean, I, I mentioned Auburn, and you and I talked during that game that, you know, like they're dead by eight in the fourth quarter. You can't be taking sacks. You got to put the ball up and try to make a play. Maybe get a flag, maybe get a tip ball, something. And if it's a turnover, it's a turnover. You live with it because I try to go win the game. Now in the first quarter, maybe you don't take that chance because you don't want to lose the game in the first quarter. So it, everything is, is different, you know, and the two interceptions Darnold threw last night, he's trying to make a play stand. Uh, the one, the guy made a heck of a defensive play and you live with that. I mean, Deshaun Watson got a lot of criticism last year for throwing 17 interceptions. Well, he trusted himself, he trusted his team, and he made some mistakes, but he also gave them chances to win most every game they were in, including all the way up to the national championship. So, you know, give me a quarterback who has the the trust in himself and the trust from his coaches to go make plays, and maybe we'll make a mistake here or there, but also can make a lot of really good plays. Um, and and again, it all comes down to the team. You've, if you've got a team that plays good, sound defense and runs the ball, you can live with a quarterback who just stays out of the way, doesn't make mistakes. But we don't have that, and and so trying to have game manager is not going to work. I don't believe. Yeah. Well, the, you know, we've seen it with with you know Stanford. You know, Kevin Hogan played that role a lot. Just stay out of the way, make a few throws, run for a first down here, there, and great. That's not this team, though.
0: Yeah, no, and, and if we had an offensive line like Stanford's and a defense like Stanford's, then
1: fine. Yeah, Do, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, Alabama is a great example. in In their years of success, their championship years, for the most part, they haven't had big time quarterback play. Um, but they, you know, they play great defense. They run the ball, and you can live with that. But we don't have either one of those things, and so uh, you know, taking the balls out of your quarterback and and almost making it. Uh, where he can't make a mistake like that just that doesn't make sense to me and I think it's it's uh, you know it Doug Haller made this point he might he might be right they almost they did this with Burko. like Berko was kind of a gunslinger and then when Berko got his chance to start he stopped taking those chances and it took away his strength and and maybe that's why his season was as disappointing as it was
0: that's certainly a possibility
1: I don't know I had never thought about it that way but You know, we heard that the reason Burko got beat out by Taylor Kelly in the first place was, you know, Kelly protected the ball better. And that that all sounds great. Nobody wants a turnover machine at quarterback. I get that. But you also want a guy who's not afraid to go make a play. I mean, I I can't remember where I heard it. I heard it not long ago that, you know, a quarterback has to be a guy who's not afraid to go win the game, knowing that he might also lose the game and and. Our quarterbacks appear more likely that they're afraid to lose the game.
0: Yeah, 100%. Now, let's move to the running game, which was also problematic. So let's start with DeMario Richard missed the game. DeMario Richard was hurt. DeMario Richards seems mm-hmm. to be getting hurt more frequently the last couple years. Mm-hmm. Perhaps he mm-hmm. was overworked as a freshman and sophomore, or perhaps he's a little more fragile than we had initially thought. But either way, he's out. So the heavy lifting was Kalen Bellage He wound up with 15 carries for 44 yards, just under three yards a carry. Um, mm-hmm. The most creative running play I think we had all night was we had set up these uh, pop pass uh, jet sweeps, to Kyle Williams last week and at the start of this week. And there was a play where we faked it and handed it to Ralston, who dove up the middle for eight yards. That was a a fun play. Ralston wound up, by the way, three carries, 18 yards on the night. Um, Mm -hmm. I have many problems with the running game, but I'm going to start with the most glaring issue to me, which was where were the other guys? Traylon Smith and Eno Benjamin had the red shirts pulled last week. Yeah. Kalen Balazs is explosive. He's good. I get it. Ralston is a workhorse. You can hand him the ball. He's a bruiser. You can play fullback and tight end and do all the things that mm-hmm. they want him to do. But we're looking for explosiveness. And if Bellage is sitting or Bellage is split out wide, where is Eno Benjamin, who all I heard about all offseason is how explosive he is?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I You uh, you made the point, and I, I – um, I think maybe because of the way I watched the game watching other games you know, at first and then missing some while, or at least going you know listening on the radio while I was driving there, you know I didn't even really think about it, but it's a great point. neither one of them got any carries. I don't think they even saw any snaps at running back. Um, you know I didn't see every single snap of the game, but not that I saw in the second half at least. Um, and, and so it comes back to the point that we made going into the season. You know, if you're going to take the red shirts off guys, you have to make it worthwhile. And so far, not only with those two, but the other, I mean, you know, we'll talk defense. I didn't see any of those guys in, you know, they pulled the red shirts off them to play, you know, five snaps at the end of the New Mexico state game, apparently when we, had, you know, at the end of the game and the game was in hand, didn't play last night. So now we're one sixth of the way into the season and you've pulled the red shirt off of what, seven or eight guys. And mm-hmm. they barely played. Uh, and, and so it's like it just it starts. You start to wonder why did you even bother? I mean, if you're going to go with Kalen Balaj and Nick Ralston, don't play these guys. Keep the option open to, to redshirting them, and then they have more eligibility down the road for the next coach.
0: Well, and certainly. Uh, by the way, I caught next coach. I was going to make the same <laughs> joke, uh, but certainly, certainly, in a game where Demario Richard is out. There is yeah, no reason uh-huh. not to play one of them, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, if Belage and Richard were both healthy and both getting, you know, 15 carries in a game, all right, I could kind of see that, you know, well, okay, you got your workhorses, fine. But he wasn't, and and uh, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I go ahead with your point, and then I want to go back to Belage.
0: Well, the other thing that I really am getting frustrated by now that we're two weeks into the season is Traylon Smith's redshirt came off so he could play special teams in that yeah. game. He, I mean, I yeah. know they gave him a late touch at running
1: back. they one carry.
0: Yeah. But they pulled yeah. it to play special teams. There are plenty of guys who... Uh, everyone on defense was well-rested in that game because they weren't having to play uh-huh. defensive snaps. There were plenty uh-huh. of guys who could have played on special teams instead of burning that kid's redshirt. And I think there that... There
1: certainly should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that just doesn't make sense. So now... What, Benjamin got, what, three carries against New Mexico State? Smith got one. They had zero last night. So now you've played two full games, and those two running backs have a total of four carries. Doesn't make much sense to me.
0: And you're probably not going to be in a position where they're going to get meaningful reps uh, in another game until maybe Arizona. Because, I mean, uh, they'll get reps, but they're going to come from routes. We're going to be down so much that we're going to be running against second teams.
1: I I believe the situation we're looking at, and this is more big picture on this season than looking just at last night's game. But I believe this season is headed off the rails from what I've seen in the first two weeks. And so the only thing now that would make sense to me is that when you get to week seven, eight, nine, and you're, you know, two and five or whatever they may be um, that you just start plugging these guys into the starting lineup or you, you certainly, you know, and i on defense too. Um, because otherwise it's been a total waste. I don't know if he'll do that because coaches don't tend to do that, especially coaches who know that their job is, is hanging by a thread. They're more likely to stick with veteran guys, even when the season is lost. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, it makes no sense to me. Um, and, and, and you know, to Belage, and I don't want to criticize him, you know, I mean, it, but, you talk about how we heard all offseason how explosive Eno Benjamin is. My God, we heard nothing but stories about how Greg Halen Bodge looks. Where is it at games? We, I don't see it. I mean, he had the one game last year against Texas Tech, which was incredible. Um, but for a guy who's supposedly the fastest guy you know in the universe, uh, I just don't see the explosiveness in games very much.
0: Well, I mean, it makes me think that it's unfair to give credit to any of our offensive players based on practice because of how many explosive plays our defense allows anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, you do wonder I and I thought about that too. In, in, you know, even before the season, but certainly in the last, you know, 12 hours or whatever, thinking about this that that, you know, maybe the fact that he was breaking off, you know, 70 yard touchdowns every day in practice was more an indictment of who he was going against. Than how good he is, you know he's he's good, but you know we're in his senior year now, and it's like, you know, again, aside from that amazing Texas Tech game against one of the worst defenses I've ever seen us go against, um, where are the difference-making plays, the games, uh, you know? I mean, uh, and you'd think, you know, these two weeks, probably, you know, uh, and this isn't maybe a fair thing to say about San Diego State, but. Probably the lowest caliber athletes we're going to face defensively all season. A Sun Belt team and a Mountain West team. We now face power conference teams the rest of the year. And I just didn't see it. And if you didn't see it these two weeks, are you going to see it against, you know, USC and Washington and Oregon? Probably not. Uh, I mean, I hope I do, but I'm not expecting it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's you know, frustrating. Then, it's, it's just – it's frustrating because – you know, the excuses are easy. Well, they play a 3-5 three, three, system that we're not right. going to see, and it's tough to prep for. Okay, well, they've been playing it for years. It's not like it's not on film. And, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. And yeah. they you know, were and,
0: and, daring you. They were daring you to throw over the top, and your quarterback couldn't do it. And then the one time where he did it, and he threw a perfect ball. I mean, yeah. I, look, there were times we got – Bailed out on some pass interference. We had a non call pass interference on Frank Darby's touchdown. Right. But uh, there were long plays that were there. And the one time where we hit it clean, Humphrey dropped it. I mean,
1: Humphrey dropped uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, not to pick on him in particular, but he goes from what last week, seven catches, 100 yards, and it's down zero catches last night. Um, you know, and, and I said to you after the game, when we talked like, you know, it should be different, you know, I don't expect him to have that night every night, but I certainly, you know, I want something. He had nothing last night. Um, and, and so that's kind of a, a frustrating part too, is you see this guy have a really good game week one last night. He does a disappearing act, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the, the insistence on playing Nick Ralston, like, Nick Ralston to me is the running back version of Manny Wilkins. He is nothing special. Uh, he's a, he's a nice player who, you know, yeah, you can fit in there, but my God, give some of those reps to the freshman. He, you know, Nick Ralston is never going to scare anybody, but you know, defenses are not going to see Nick Ralston on the field and think, Oh boy, got to account for him. Uh, and, and so I just, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that one is like, especially with Richard out, why we weren't seeing those other two kids. I just don't know.
0: I mean, it, it felt like yesterday with the, how bad our offensive line is and how theoretically yeah. explosive our running backs who were healthy should be. Yeah. I don't understand where the screen game went. I don't understand why our insistence on, on taking these deep shots with a quarterback who is, you know, he's he's not a deep ball quarterback. He's no. a, you know, roll out of the pocket Hit guys no, on the sidelines, no. cut his decision making in half by rolling him off of half the field, um, and, and I just don't get it. But yeah. let, let's not let's not leave this without talking about the defensive side of the ball. And mm-hmm. is it possible that Phil Bennett is committing defensive coordinator malpractice? I think it's definitely <laughs> borderline.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're gonna see how how it. I mean. Uh, I want to see what happens next week when you play a team that spreads it out and runs hurry up. Um, you know, San Diego State doesn't do either one of those. And so it's easy to kind of go with your base for most of the game. Uh, but, yeah, I, it, uh, it was the sex rate week where it appeared, you know, maybe not quite as much, but we lead heavily on that starting 11.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I saw Joey Bryant make one corner blitz. Otherwise, all of yeah. the blitzing was predictable and up the middle. Uh, Kron yeah. Crump got pressure in the first half, but you know what San Diego state figured out when he rolls to that middle linebacker standup position on third down, he's still blitzing. He's not playing middle linebacker. Right. He's coming on the rush. Right. And right. once you yeah. know that it's yeah. a lot easier to account for him and pick him up, which they did yeah. all second half long.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing, and there aren't many, uh, you know, last night I'm thinking, okay, what, what can you say this team is doing well through two games? Um, The pass rush has been decent. Now, we haven't faced high-quality passing games yet, but I think we had, you know, what, five, six, seven sacks last week. Uh, We had four last night, I believe. That's been okay. Crump had Um,
0: two, uh, Smallwood had half, and Latu had one and a half.
1: One and a half, yeah, yeah. So that's been okay. Um, Again, we'll see how that does against better passing teams, better quarterbacks. Um, And and the same for the secondary, like – you know, so far, I would say our pass defense does look a, a better, but it, it hasn't been tested yet. I mean, it just hasn't been. Like, I, I, I'm i not at all confident that we've figured things out, and, you know, we'll find out over the next two weeks because Texas Tech always is potent throwing the ball. Watching Oregon yesterday and their staff against Nebraska, you know, they've got a kid who is very good, and they threw it all over the lot. Um, and so, yeah, we'll find out how much we've really progressed on you know defending the pass because certainly defending the run has continued its regression, uh, and that is one thing that just just really shocks me in some ways because for the first four and a half years of Todd Graham's tenure, even in games where we were bad defensively, we stopped the run pretty well. We might get torched in the passing game because of the way he you know his defenses were kind of risk reward with defending the pass, but we stopped the run. And about halfway through last year, that stopped. And it's, it's continued in that path in the first two games this year.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, we went through the stats at the beginning, but you take away yeah. Penny's long run, which obviously you don't because that you was a huge, embarrassing yeah. failure. But even yeah. in a world where that run doesn't happen, 17 <laughs> yeah. carries over 100 yards. He's, over 100 yards. He's still killing he's still over you. five yards.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. About six yards a carry, I think, at that point. Yeah, so. Yeah, and and the other kid had some big runs, too, Washington, I believe. Um, You know, they ran for almost 300 yards, I think, last night. And, you know, that continues last year. And I I tried to look up the numbers, but I couldn't find them at a quick glance. But from what I remember, second half last year, Colorado ran all over us. Certainly Arizona did. That was one of the most embarrassing defensive performances I've ever seen. Um, and and uh, I think Oregon did, too, put up big rushing numbers on us you know, as part of that losing streak. Utah did, and now this year, you know, I, it was it was one of the things that I saw very early in the game last week was we were giving up yards that we should not have given up. They weren't running for big plays. They were getting five or seven yards when it should have been a two-yard loss, and this week they punished us even more because it's a better team. You know, you 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 play better competition, they're going to punish your flaws more, and San Diego State certainly did that.
0: I mean, this sums it up for me about how our running defense is perceived and and what reality is. They have goal to go, penalty, penalty, pushes them way back, (coughs) and they run the ball three straight times, and I thought there was still a chance they could score from 30-plus yards out on three running plays.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the significant plays late, I mean, I don't know if we were going to come back and win, but you know, we get that touchdown to get within 10, we come out, we get him in third and 14, you know, the crowd, what's left of the crowd is getting kind of, kind of loud there, you know, and six minutes left. And I'm even thinking, okay, we get this stop here. We got, you know, we got time for two more possessions, third and 14, they hand the ball off and he gets 29 yards. Um, I mean, it just, and it was like, you know, any air that went into the balloon, went immediately back out of it. Um, you know, I will say, overall, defensively, not a bad performance, but significant play, you know, much like the special teams. Significant mistakes. 95-yard run, uh, third and 21, leaving Rashad Penny uncovered on one side of the field. Nobody there until Tadalatasi at the five. So even if he makes that tackle, it's a first down. Um, yeah, but, and, but and, also uh, – Third the, and fourteen
0: much like uh we used to joke about when it was Demarius Randall one on one on the edge right. against a, a running right. back or receiver i i and we would say well it's most likely the guy's going to beat him <laughs> i i had no confidence when oh, when no. you gave penny when you gave penny 15 yards to set up Todd Latosi yeah. there was a 0% yeah. chance that Todd Latasi was actually no, going to make the stop
1: i agree and and you know it's 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 Again, it's a combination of things. It's a good play by a defensive guy who needs to make that play because, well, I say, you know, yeah, it would have been a first down. At least you make them continue to try to earn their way into the end zone. But to me, it's just terrible defensive strategy. Like, I'm not one for playing a lot of soft zone. I think it gets you beat a lot of times. But on third and 21 for 30, you play soft zone. and, And you put, you know, eight guys back, and you make sure you make the tackle and make them kick field goal. Um, and, and, you know, how he ends up wide open. I mean, we basically had 10 defenders from the, you know, from the tight end to the other side of the field, I guess, and left that, you know, hash mark to sideline wide open for their all-world running back to go one-on-one with our very inexperienced and not very good safety. Makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, the all-world running back who already had 200-plus all-purpose yards.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he... He killed us, you know. He had all three touchdowns, um, and and uh, you know they're they're not they're not all that complicated in what they do. Um, you know they're going to try to get him the ball, uh, and and still it didn't matter. And that I guess maybe one of the most disappointing things is like, you know, you go in you go into a game. I mean, what do they always say about you know Bill Belichick? He finds you know what you do best and takes it away. Well, we knew what they did best, and we did nothing to take it away. And, and that, I guess, is just the, maybe the most disappointing aspect of it.
0: I mean, it's one of those things where either either we didn't scheme to take him away, which is bad, or yeah. we did scheme to take away a guy from a and, you know gang of five team and not a power yeah. five team. Right. And we couldn't do it. We just couldn't simply could not yeah. stop it.
1: <laughs> which, which gets to a point that I was going to say at the very beginning of this conversation you know one of the things i thought about last night as i'm driving home and and you know laying there upset that they lost is where the difference makes on this team how many guys would you say and we've we've had this conversation before about basketball and about baseball how many guys would you say on this team would be able to start for a top 25 team A usc a washington a stanford the upper echelon teams in the pac 12
0: all right let's play this out let's play let's play this out for usc yeah. I think Nikhil Harry starts for Nikheel USC. Nikhil Harry,
1: probably, sure. Um, offensively, that might be it.
0: I, I think that I mean, is Caleb it. Malage
1: isn't better than their running backs. No. And I don't think there's anybody else you could even make the argument for.
0: Um, Mitchell Fraboni might be a, a, an elite <laughs> long snapper. <laughs> maybe.
1: I guess I was thinking offense, defense. Uh, you know, defense, maybe your two defensive linemen, Wicker and Smallwood. Um but aside from that, I mean, Crump would be on, on
0: on another team. Crump is rusher. a pass rush specialist on a, on yeah, a team that, yeah. you know, substitutes on defense based on situation.
1: Yes. Uh, he's the second and long third down pass rusher. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, and, and and I that's it. That's really about all I can come up with. Honestly.
0: I could see Sam and Calhoun being rotation linebackers.
1: Yeah. But probably yeah, not but starters. No, no. And, and so that's what it gets into is, where's your difference-making talent? And and if you don't have enough difference-making talent and enough depth of talent, whose fault is that? Well, do I have to say it? I mean, you know, the guy's been here six years. There's no NCAA sanctions. There's no excuses. Uh, if you don't have the talent, why don't you have it? And, and, you know, that to me might be the biggest failure is where's the talent? You know, because you can win, a, you know, look, we can win a game or two against teams that are that are more talented. It happens. But to win consistently, you got to have talent. And I just don't think have enough of it. And uh, you look back at the teams from 2013 and 14. And those weren't you know, we weren't loaded with first round draft picks, but we were better. We had, you know, I would say Marion Grimes and DJ Foster were both better running backs than what we've got now. Um, I would say Jalen Strong was certainly a better receiver than anything we've got right now, currently. Um, well, defensively, and, but, but also you know, we Wilson used him.
0: And, like, let's be honest. We used him. We used Jalen Strong. We would throw the ball up to him even if he was covered because we trusted he true. would go get it.
1: True. And that gets to a point that, I mean, it's early yet, but I'm not overly impressed by the Billy Napier offense. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure how much of that to put on him, but um, one thing I, you know, I think you and I both agreed last year was that Chip Lindsey did a good job with this offense through a lot of challenges, you know, injuries and everything, you know, throughout the team really on offense, we were still pretty productive. And I'm not really sold that, that, you know, we're going in the right direction. Now I'm not an X's and O's guy. I can't tell you, I can't sit here and tell you, well, here's what they're doing wrong. But I can see, I, you know, I've watched enough football to know when an offense looks effective and when it's in, and this one doesn't right now.
0: Well, this goes also to a point that you and I have talked about sort of informally, but I'd like to crystallize it a little bit. You cannot sell the Phoenix Metro fan base on average defense, average offense, <laughs> average team. You can sell no. them on horrible defense, good offense, average Great team. Offense.
1: Absolutely. Know. Yes, yes, I mean you know, that's the that's the Phoenix Suns, Steve Nash corollary. I mean, they, they were really good. They won a lot of games, but they were entertaining. And even when they stopped winning as much, they were still entertaining because, you know, they ran up and down and Nash would throw these passes. And yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, um, the Cardinals that first captured the city's imagination with Warner, they'd play defense. They they threw it all over the lot. They had Bolden and Fitzgerald and Steve Breston and Warner was throwing for 4,000 yards and yeah, if you're entertaining in this city, people will follow. But, but yeah, a- average is not entertaining.
0: No, and and we are a combination of average and below average in all facets of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. I mean, it just, uh, you know, again, I, I I look at it. I mean, Haller's story kind of started out with the same idea that I was thinking. That's nice. Is what does this team do well? You and I talked about this a couple years ago. When, when things were kind of going off the rails on that season. And, and I think it's important, you know, a, a good team has things they do well. You never do everything well. I mean, even the national champions don't do every single thing well. But you have some calling cards that you can say, okay, we do this well. We, we execute in short yardage. We're good in the red zone. We're, you know, we can get the ball deep down the field. We can stop the run, whatever it may be. This team for the second half of last year and now carrying into the first two games this year – there, there just aren't a lot of calling cards I can say yep this is this is one thing I can rely on
0: oh yeah there is nothing there, there...
1: Uh, and, and it's uh,
0: and it's not even kicking you know, that... I mean like Ruiz, no, it's not. Ruiz last hit year all bad. of his yeah. you know Ruiz hit his two extra point opportunities right but right. At, you know last year it was automatic and at least yeah, yeah exactly
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean it's it's just it's a struggle and and looking at it now, You know, as we look at it, and I mean, you and I talked a lot before the season about, you know, Todd Graham and his job security. And last night, as I sat there and watched that game in the fourth quarter, for the first time, I thought it's real that we'll probably have a new coach next year. We've done a lot of talking about it, but I guess I I guess I thought, you know, we could still pull our way out of this. Um, But I'm looking at the next eight games on the schedule and I'm not sure we're better than any of the teams that we face the next eight games. Now that doesn't mean we can't win one or two of them, but to to be able to get to a bowl, theoretically, we have to win. Well, not theoretically. We have got to win three of the next eight, and then hopefully beat Oregon State and Arizona. Neither one of which are gimmies because of, you know, the location and the opponent. Um, but you know, they don't look like very good teams. We've got to win three of the next eight. Where are those three wins coming? Because I'm, I'm having a hard time finding three. Well,
0: I'll four, say this. Four. If we're if we're going to play with three linebackers and four defensive linemen next week, it won't be next week. Because No, no. <laughs> Adams had a nice game, made some sure tackles. He cannot hang with the number three receiver on Texas Tech. That's no, not going mean, to happen. You
1: know what Texas Tech does. They score a lot of points. So you have to score a lot of points. That's how we beat them last year. You know, and, and especially on the road. You've got to be able to score with them. and. Our Arizona doesn't appear capable of doing that, um, and and Oregon looks better than I thought. Now they struggled to finish the game yesterday, but they certainly have looked better than I expected them to. Then we get into that murderer's row stretch of Stanford, Washington, Utah, USC, which you know doesn't look any easier than it did at the start of the year. Uh, Stanford, you know, the only loss in that group so far is Stanford to USC
0: at USC. Uh,
1: at USC. And USC looked great last night. I mean, they, they looked like a national championship caliber team last night. Much better than they did week one. Um, and, and, you know, and then Colorado, who hasn't allowed a touchdown yet this year. I know they haven't played the best of competition, but their their defense hasn't fallen apart with, you know, losing the guys they lost, losing their coordinator. US, or UCLA, who, who, you know, looks like maybe they found something in the second half because they played very well yesterday. And there's your eight games. Where's the three wins? I mean, again, one or two, maybe. You get a fluke. Uh, You know, somebody doesn't play well, somebody gets hurt. But to go 3-5 and in this stretch, which, you know, God, that sounds horrible to say. Like 3-5 and is some sort of great goal. But I just don't see it. Not with what I've seen so far and not with the caliber opponent that we have to play in this stretch.
0: It's scary, isn't it?
1: So it just feels like we're now – I mean, to me, I, I, you know, I thought of it last night, like we're, uh, you know, if, if the Todd Graham years are a book that you pick up and read, we're now in the epilogue, you know, <laughs> the book's over. Um, we're just putting the finishing touches on it and, and then we'll start a new book probably in 2018. Now, you know, is there time for him to turn it around? Sure. The idea that we should fire him last night is absurd. It's typical stupid fan talk, honestly. Um, you know, you, you, hiring a coach mid-season doesn't do you much good, certainly not after one loss. I mean, that's absurd. Um, You know, if they're 1-7, then maybe we have that conversation, uh, that why do you wait till the end of the year? But, uh, you know, there's time for him to turn it around, and and I hope he does. I've said this before many times about other things. I don't want this to be this way, but I just think that's what it's going to be.
0: Well, before we abandon Ben and Matt's super-terrific happy hour of fun, uplifting talk... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt, there were some other games this weekend that were fun. I, I know that Auburn game yeah. drew a lot of uh, your attention last night. And, and what do you think now moving forward as we get a little more clarity uh, in the top 10 with, you know, Clemson looked solid. You've got yeah, they did. Oklahoma going in to the horseshoe and beating Ohio State. Um, yeah,
1: a, a very impressive win. Not one that i happy to see, because um, I don't like Oklahoma, but you have to give them credit for
0: it. Yeah, and and overall, you know, the top teams other than Ohio State did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I thought USC looked much more like the team they're supposed to be uh, last night and, and played a good team. I think Stanford's a pretty good team, and they... Were clearly better than them, so that was that was good to see for somebody like me who wants to see USC be good. Um, I was happy with the way they played. Uh, Oklahoma was impressive. Clemson's defense tremendously fierce. Um, You know, I'm I'm not sure if their offense is going to be good enough, but Auburn's defense is good, so I don't put too much alarm in that. Uh, You know, so that was impressive. Uh, You know, Alabama didn't get much of a test and won't for a while. They're probably going to cruise. You know, as number one until at least October when the schedule gets a little tougher for them. Um, You know, so yeah, it, it it crystallized a little bit as it does every week. Um, You know, I would say Penn state looks like the class of the big 10 right now, which I didn't expect, but uh, Ohio state continues to, to struggle offensively just like they did at the end of last year. Um, Not sure about Michigan's quarterback and if they're good enough offensively to win. So Penn state might be the team to beat in that conference.
0: Yeah. run. That means more James Franklin trash talk, which is fun. Right, we exactly. which compared, was classy. compared yeah, yesterday's yeah. win to the equivalent of beating Akron. So
1: yeah, yeah, I I thought that was a little bit of a low class comment. Now I'm not a Penn State fan, and I'm sure Penn State fans love it. Um, you know, it, it's that's what big schools do. But uh, you know, this whole idea, and it was kind of the same as this. You know, Oklahoma whining about Ohio State, like. You know, if you don't want to see the other teams celebrate beating you, then don't lose to them. I get a little tired of, you know, like both of these teams were just crying up a storm about, you know, how it was just terrible watching Ohio State celebrate last year. Well, then, then don't lose to them at home, and then they won't celebrate on your home field. Um, and the same for, you know, Pitt. Oh, well, Pitt celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. It's a big win for them. Don't lose to them, and, and then, it, then you won't have to feel that way. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it's one of those things where, to me, the real victim in all of this is Akron. They didn't do anything. They just are the victim. Just to I mean, That's that true. was That's just. True. They just took yeah, a shot yeah. for no reason. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm not a huge James Franklin fan. Really not and, and yesterday was another example of it. I like I don't know. Um, I don't have any animosity towards Penn State necessarily, but uh, I just don't really like him all that much. Um, but they do look like the best team right now. They haven't played a great team yet. Um, and they do, you know, Ohio state did lose, but they have to go to Ohio state this year. They have to play Michigan. So we'll see how they do against, you know, the, the higher quality teams in the big 10. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, certainly Oklahoma, I think is, is a big winner yesterday. Um, Clemson, you know, survived tough test, gets another one this week against Louisville at Louisville. That'll probably be the biggest game of the weekend. I would assume, um, You know, I texted you yesterday and said, you know, perhaps in all the preseason Heisman talk, we shouldn't have forgotten about last year's Heisman winner because he looked pretty good yesterday. And if he has another great game this week, he'll be uh, right there at the top of the list, uh, you know, going going into October, probably. So he's got a he's got a big burden to get over to win it back to back. But yesterday was a good start to doing that.
0: Well, and the other thing is, much like last season, it almost feels like Lamar Jackson's coming out of nowhere again. Even though he won it's last funny, year. It's
1: funny that you say that because I, I – yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like he almost – you know, uh, last year I picked him because of that theory of like, hey, we, we look for the flavor of the month. Well, because of Lamar Jackson's bad finish last year, everybody forgot about him. And we spent the whole offseason talking about Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and then those guys are playing great too. Uh, but, you know, now it's like, hey, we're realizing this Lamar Jackson guy is still pretty good. How did we miss that?
0: Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. Matt and I will be back uh, later this week. We'll preview Texas Tech. We'll talk about other games. We'll have some NFL stuff to talk about. And yes. maybe by that point, we'll have like some positive, uplifting messages. If you're looking for that sort of thing, I suggest following comedians on Twitter because that usually makes <laughs> you feel better. Uh, and if yeah. you are my brother and you're listening to this because you like hearing how depressed we sound after ASU loses, I think you got your money's worth today. Plus, it's free. So you yep. obviously got your money's worth. Yep. Anyway, until next time, he's Matt, I'm Ben, it's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.